Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. In this email that I received from Michael Voris's attorney, she claims that there are no for-profit affiliated companies of St. Michael's Media. In other words, Church Militant is just the 501c3 called St. Michael's Media. All the income and expenses of SMM are in the 990s is what she says. But in 2019, Michael Voris earned $0 from SMM. Christine Niles earned $0 from SMM. Simon Raffi earned $0 from SMM. So this either means that these people are saints or they're liars. Those are the only two possibilities. I'm going to take you through a, tw a Twitter thread in which I discuss the dark money surrounding church militant. And here we go. All right, let's start at the top, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Today is Saturday. I'm doing this on a Saturday because this is kind of off-brand. This is just a little sideshow for me, this uh, skirmish with Church Militant. But I have become very interested with their public filings. As you can see on the screen, as you're about to see on the screen, uh, let's full screen this for you. This is a thread on the very strange finances of Church Militant, including their latest absurdity that they're actually expecting the court to believe. Again, their attorney is claiming that there are no other entities associated with Church Militant. Today's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is going to talk about corporate entities. It's going to be a little bit technical, and I'm going to be as clear and concise as possible. First, I want you to notice that the reported revenue for St. Michael's Media, a 501c3, has continued to grow and grow and grow over time. As you can see in the graph that I created, they have cumulatively since 2006 raised and spent almost $15 million. That's as of 2019. They haven't filed 2020 or 2021. At the rate of growth that they are going through, I estimate that they will have raised and spent something to the tune of either 20 or $25 million as of today. The tangible accomplishments during that time, well, we'll have to get back to that. But secondly, what I want you to notice is that in 2019, Gary Michael Voris, Christine Lee Niles, Simon Rafe, 
and the whole gang earned zero dollars. Nothing. These are these highlights are zeros, zeros, zero dollars. This is this is obviously below a living wage. This is a this is a nothing wage. Now that's weird because the very next year, church mil- church militant received a huge bailout from the U.S. federal government. That bailout was to the tune of nearly a third of a million dollars. I'm going to try to expand if I can get this to work. I'm going to try to expand this little window here so that you can see they took 300 and something thousand dollars from the taxpayers. And as it says here, we don't know if it's paid in full or if it's forgiven. We don't get to know that information for some reason. We, we don't, we don't, we don't, we're not, we're not privy to that. But here you see PPP loan information for St. Michael's Media Inc. in Ferndale, Michigan. Paycheck protection loan of $300,000. Now, p- the principal officers supposedly earned $0 in 2019. $0. So why do they need the PPP loan? Was the PPP loan for Michael Voris? Obviously it wasn't because Voris was working for free, wasn't he? He's working for free, according to their filings. Now, it's a federal crime, federal crime to knowingly make a mistake in these tax filings. So we have to assume that they didn't do that. We have to assume that they were accurate. We have to assume that Michael Voris, Christine Niles, Simon Raff, and the whole gang made $0 in 2019 for their filing. Let's continue with the thread. Twitter thread. Okay, here we go. Now, let's full screen this again. It's a little clunky this morning. I apologize. In 2018, just one year before the everyone made zero dollars in 2019, Gary Michael Voris, Christine Lee Niles were taking a paycheck. They were taking a living wage from St. Michael's Media, a 501c3. As you can see here, Michael Voris made almost $70,000 in 2018. Christine Lee Niles made $51,500 in 2018. That year, their total revenue was $2.6 million. And Voris and Niles took a living wage from St. Michael's Media, the 501c3 the not-for-profit, in 2018. But in 2019, they took $0. All right, so let's let's continue the bouncing ball here. I've already showed you the email from Church Militant's attorney in which she makes the wild claim that there are no for-profit affiliated companies of St. Michael's Media. So we're supposed to believe that Voris and Niles worked for free in 2019? But wait, there's more. What's this? Concept Communication LLC, which became Concept Productions, and then Real Catholic TV, and then Church Militant. All three of these documents are filed in the state of Michigan. So how is this for-profit entity, this is a corporation not affiliated with St. Michael's Media, it bears the name of St. Michael, it bears the name of Church Militant. It bears the name of Real Catholic TV, which we all know was the precursor to Church Militant. Here's the Michigan Department of Consumer and Industry Services filing endorsement. 
Concept Communications LLC became Concept Productions. So we have to wonder at this point, did Concept pay Michael Voris in 2019 when he supposedly earned zero dollars? What is Concept Communications? Forget the fact that Church Militant refuses to file its 2020 Form 990 for a moment. Now, these things are typically filed on March 31st of the following year. In other words, we're well past March 31st. Today is May 14th. We're six weeks past, and we haven't seen the 2020 numbers. Of course, the 2020 numbers, recall, include the fat PPP bailout year, and we don't know how many PPP loans they actually took. We don't know if they paid them back or if they were forgiven. We don't get to know that information because Church Militant is fabulously opaque about their finances. But this PPP bailout year hasn't even been filed yet, so they're late on that. Why are they late? We have no idea. We don't get to know, and if you ask the question, they might sue you. But it does make sense that they wouldn't want you to know about their fat PPP loans. My question about the PPP, the bailout loans that Church Militant took, I have a couple questions about the bailouts, actually. Number one, how many were there, and uh, were they ever paid back, and were they or were they forgiven? And two, when you applied for the PPP loans, Michael Voris, did you include payroll for yourself, for Miss Niles, for Mr. Raff? Because you guys didn't have payroll in 2019. And in 2020, when you applied for PPP, you had to include your your 2019 payroll to qualify for the loan. It might be worth asking the bank that lent you the money slash the government that forgave you the money in all likelihood whether or not you falsified that document. I think the public deserves to know. I think in full disclosure, you should release your PPP application. The people deserve to know whether or not you told the bank one thing and the IRS something else. Did you tell the bank that you had payroll for yourselves? And did you tell the IRS that you had no payroll for yourselves? Did you tell the bank that Concept Communication was paying you? Did you tell the IRS that Concept Communication was paying you? These are legitimate questions that we need to know. Now, forget about the fact that Church Militant has raised and spent $20 million or $25 million through its 501c3 without toppling a single wicked cardinal or bishop. Forget about the fact that they haven't even bothered to uh, seriously report on, for example, the scandal happening at Word on Fire with Bishop Barron. They mention it once in passing on their evening news. Otherwise, it's been more than a full year since they have talked about Word on Fire in a serious way in a written article. They absolutely manifestly refuse to talk about that. They refuse to report on the the sex scandal at Veritatis Splendor. They refuse to report on actual scandals happening in the church. They haven't toppled a single powerful cardinal prelate in the church. $20 million spent nothing to show for it. But forget about that. Consider the absurd idea that they're that they're probably lying in their finances. Either in 2019, the 990 is a fraud and Voris and Niles did take a paycheck or else their answer to the court, their email to me from their discredited attorney is a fraud. And there is some other entity running their payroll, at least for Niles, Voris, Raff, and the other directors which leads to the big question. If there is a for-profit entity and it is concept, 
again, Concepts doing business as Real Catholic TV and Church Militant. Who funds Concept and with how much money? Is it in the millions? Is the relationship between Concept and St. Michael's Media disclosed to the IRS? This isn't transparency, folks. This is called dark money. This is what dark money looks like. When you tell the government that you make zero dollars and you tell the the public that you make zero dollars and you tell the public that you're being totally transparent, it looks like it's a lie. It looks like you're lying. And yes, I know many of you have pointed out there is this thing called double trouble. Double Trouble is a 1997 VHS produced by Michael Voris and a man named John Fitzgerald Mola. Mola lives in the Detroit area, and he later married a man named uh, Roy Sexton. During Gary's dark years, Gary, Michael Forrest, was partnered with John Fitzgerald Mola, who again is now married to a man. Who knows what this is? Whatever it is, it's at the heart of CMTV because the IP is owned by Concept. Concept is church militant. Concept Communications, according to these Michigan filings that I've showed you that are out on Twitter and publicly available, Concept Communications became church militant. Concept owns this IP. They registered it with the U.S. Copyright Office. The U.S. Copyright Office demonstrates that the that whatever this is, Double Trouble, 1997, is a VHS produced by Michael Voris, and he registered it, and it's the only thing Voris has ever registered with the u.s copyright office in his life a quick search with the u.s copyright office demonstrates this in 2020 ladies and gentlemen church militant tweeted something to the effect of if anyone tells you otherwise that this is anything but a news piece a news piece that voris produce they're lying but ladies and gentlemen why would you register a news piece with the U.S. Copyright Office, a process that is cumbersome and long and arduous, costs money, takes time. News has a shelf life. News by its nature expires. News by its nature <laughs> is irrelevant over time. Why would, you, why would you copyright news? And secondly, why would you distribute news via VHS? There are only certain types of content that are distributed via VHS in the late 90s, and news wasn't one of them, ladies and gentlemen. So whatever this is, it's at the heart of church militant, double trouble. I don't know what it is. I know what it sounds like. I know what it looks like. I know what uh, it appears to be, according to Boris's own account of his lifestyle back in the late 90s. I know that VHSs, often contain certain types of content, but we deserve to know. Is church militant founded upon something that is absolutely impossible to describe on YouTube or in polite company? Is church militant holding the IP to something despicable? I think they should answer that question. Um, let's go to this quote tweet here. This is... A picture of John Fitzgerald Mola. My question to Gary is, hey, Michael Voris, did you attend your former business partner's wedding to Roy Sexton? Or was your 1997 VHS double trouble the end of your business relationship? Ladies and gentlemen, 
These are just questions. These are unanswered questions. But what we know is that Michael Voris's attorney claims there's no other entity. There's no payroll. There's no for-profit company. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, and yet we're supposed to believe that Voris didn't take a paycheck in 2019. How did he pay his mortgage? How did he pay his bills? When he qualified for a new mortgage in 2021, what did he report to the bank as his income? Maybe we need to subpoena the bank and ask them what he used to prove his income so that they could do a proper debt-to-income ratio calculation. You see, I'm perfectly transparent in this whole thing. I have nothing to hide. Church Militant has now collected on me thousands of pages of documents. They have my tax returns. They have my home mortgage documents. They have my home sale and purchase documents. They have numerous documents from my records in the Marine Corps to my certifications, my top secret security clearance. They have text messages, emails. They have my work products. They have my pitch documents. They know everything about me. They have my operating agreement for my company. Everything that they've asked for, I've given to them. And when I ask them in, in kind, in return, to please explain this question, what I get from them is just this lie. The lie that Michael Voris worked for free in 2019. Um, in all their thousands of pages of digging on me, the smoking gun that they have found, the smoking gun, is that on November 3rd, when I did the fundraiser for Father James Jackson, the truth for Father Jackson, I made the pledge that I would hire a CPA. And then when I did hire the CPA, I said, hey, escrow, pay the CPA. It was always part of the deal. It was mentioned as part of the deal. That's their smoking gun. In their minds, that's some kind of you know criminal fraud or whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, need, you to, I need you to really think this through. Concept. What is concept? And if, and if any of you know the answer to that question, go ahead and email it to me. If any of you are in touch with Mr. Mola and you happen to know what double trouble is, go ahead and email that to me as well. Because transparency is something that church militant claims that they like. They like transparency when they're shining the light on their enemies. They like transparency when it's someone else. One time, uh, Christine Niles tweeted something to the effect of, you have no right to know anything about my personal life. And yet this woman believes that she has the right to know about your personal life and my personal life. The woman has tweeted about my bachelor party. She's tweeted about my, my clothing, my cars, my mortgage. That's an obsession that this woman appears to have. It's unhealthy. It's unnatural. But besides all of that and the, and the uh, disorder and unnatural stuff that swirls around church militant, my question is about their dark money. I have one other thing that I want to show you if I can find it quickly on the tweeter and if I can bring it up to you. And I might even take your live questions because I think some of this gets a little bit confusing. Uh, actually, there are two things I want to show you, if I, again, if I can find them. So here's the here's the first thing. Um, let's see if I can share this screen. This is an excerpt from the famous book by Dr. E. Michael Jones, the Great. 
And it says, quote, and I've already read this to you in the podcast, but I want to zero in on this. On April 10th, one day after the Ruby Princess retreated sea had docked in Los Angeles, Bramer met with Voris's spiritual director, who then told him what he knew about Voris's homosexual past. At this point, the dam broke. Both men now felt that Church Militant could not go forward with Voris as its director. Here, I'll full screen it for you. As its director, and the two decided to join with a number of stakeholders at CMTV to come up with a plan that would allow Voris to go quietly to avoid scandal. The current stakeholders at Church Militant approached Bramer because he was, on paper at least, still the owner of what had once been Real Catholic TV. Since there had been no formal transition from Real Catholic to Church Militant, the original agreement still applied. Boris was not an equity owner in Real Catholic TV. Boris owned the assets of Concept Productions, a for-profit corporation. Let me say that again. Boris owned the assets of Concept Productions, a for-profit corporation. Bramer had been dealing with Concept Productions without knowing that Voris had founded it with one of his homosexual friends, John Mola. Voris ran Concept, a for-profit entity, under an operating agreement with Bramer that allowed him to produce media content, which got broadcast to Real Catholic TV. This is a direct quote from E. Michael Jones's book, about this whole fiasco. And E. Michael Jones was the first person to expose to the world that Concept Productions exists. It's a for-profit corporation. Church Militant claims that there is no for-profit corporation affiliated with Church Militant. That appears to be a lie, considering the fact that Michael Forrest earned zero dollars from Church Militant, as we know it from St. Michael's Media, in 2019. There's one other quote here that I want you to read. This is from one of the bo- one of the members of the board of directors. His name is Frank Cohn. He lives in Florida. He's not affiliated with the business anymore, in part because he was afraid of what he found when he started looking at the relationship between St. Michael's Media and Concept. Quote, Michael has designated and perpetuated a fraud. The report does not list his receiving any compensation Involvement with a related vendor, provider of services, or the name of concept anywhere. Is there anything else to say on the plus side of the ledger for Michael Voris? This is, these are the words of Frank Cohn, who was a director, possibly a donor, possibly an investor. We don't know in church militant. He is, he is claiming that Michael Voris has perpetuated a fraud by failing to disclose to the IRS, this was back in 2016, its relationship between Concept and St. Michael's Media. Now today, we're looking at this again, and we see that in 2019, years later, three or four years later, after Frank Cohn bailed out of this business because he thought it was full of fraud, three or four years later, we are now seeing that Church Militant expects the world to believe that they work for free, that they're just angels that they're just that they're just saintly people. One last slide, then I'll look in the comments and take your questions, and then we will end this stream. I want you to look at this graph here. Let's see if I can full screen it. Oh, look, these are major contributions. 
In the last few years, ever since church militant uh, unmoored themselves from whatever operating agreement they claim doesn't exist between them and Bramer, uh, whatever happened in those intervening years, they have now been showing, demonstrating their revenue in terms of contribution revenue and service revenue. Now, we don't 100% get to know what that means because, again, if you ask a simple question about financial transparency, they'll flip out and sue you. Um, but what we can discern from this and maybe assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, Frere Niles, uh, contribution revenue are people that write checks. Contribution are not your premium subscribers. They're not your monthly people. They're not the people who get premium access to things and they're paying for a service. Paying for a service sounds like service revenue, right? Contra major contributions sounds like major contributions. And look at the growth of their major contributions from 17 to 18 to 19, 238% growth. Their contribution revenue, major gifts from big donors has grown nearly twice as fast as subscription revenue. Who are the big cigars stroking six and seven figure checks? Who's writing a check for a million dollars or a million eight to church militant? Who is that person? Do we get to know who that person is? Do we get to know anything about the dark money surrounding church militant? And by the way, is this why they don't care what their mere premium subscribers think about their antics? Premium subscriber revenue as a percentage of total revenue continues to decline. So church militant is clearly relying on a few high dollar people to keep them afloat. This is just what we can discern from their publicly available 990 information that they're really not a business or a 501c3 that runs on subscribers. They're a 501c3 that runs on one or two or three or a small handful of very ultra high net worth people who tell them what to do, what to write and keep them afloat. That's what the numbers appear to be demonstrating anyway in the interim. One final note that I noticed from their PPP application, from that which is publicly available, is that their average salary is something like $32,000. Now, we know from publicly posted things on like Glassdoor and, and you know anonymous postings about working at Church Militant, that when you work there, not only is it a toxic environment, but they do not provide any benefits of any kind. There's no benefits. There's no health care. And when you ask for benefits or, or if you ask for a raise, some have reported that they were marched into Voris's office and Voris said, you're doing this for God. This is an apostolate. You're making a sacrifice. How dare you ask for a raise? Okay, so that's a toxic work environment. Now, $30,000 being the average the average, according to their PPP application, again, which was bailout money. They took taxpayer money, ladies and gentlemen. They took taxpayer money in 2020, and they converted that taxpayer money into their legal slush fund in which they engage in lawfare, which is what they're doing to me. So I have the taxpayers of this country to thank for the frivolous and bogus and performative action that Church Militant has brought against me and my family. Church Militant won't tell you that. They don't want you to know that. And when called out on Twitter about the PPP loan, Michael Voris was very haughtily, very, very arrogantly replied, of course I took the PPP loan. I have a couple hundred thousand of payroll 
every month to get through. Now, ladies and gentlemen, they criticized the bishops for doing the exact same thing. They were extremely critical of the bishops, as was I. I did. I was the first person in Catholic media to break the story that the bishops took three and a half billion dollars in bailout money as as hush money during the COVID, uh, you know, freak show. It was three and a half billion dollars of of hush money to shut down, to comply, to close the close the doors of the church, withhold the sacraments, and uh, tell the people to just figure it out. I was critical of of the bishops for taking the money. And so was Church Militant. The difference is Restoring the Faith Media, LLC, didn't apply for PPP loan. I didn't take a penny from the PPP, okay? But Church Militant did. Church Militant took at least a third of a million dollars from the taxpayers while also criticizing the USCCB for doing the same thing. Now, The psychology of that, well, I don't want to go into the psychology of that. Let's just say this. Some apostolates are more important than others. The USCCB shouldn't exist in the the eyes of church militant, but church militant, which is here to save the church, should. All right. Besides the hypocrisy, besides the the weird slush funds and and all that, guys, I, I I want to know what concept is. I want to know whether or not it's disclosed to the IRS properly. It appears as though from the emails in 2016 that the various stakeholders were concerned that even back then it wasn't disclosed properly. And why is this a big deal? Let me just break it down in the most simple terms. If you make a donation to Church Militant, it's a 501c3, right? You make a donation to St. Michael's Media in Ferndale, Michigan. And it's a 501c3. It's a tax-deductible donation. You make that donation, you get to write it off on your taxes. There's a tax advantage reason for you to give money to them. They take that money. They're benefiting from the IRS tax laws. They allow you to take that deduction in order to receive that money. But then if that money is transferred to a for-profit company, or if assets of that company are transferred to Michael Voris's personal pet, Concept Productions, and that's never disclosed anywhere, then that appears to be fraud. And that's what we're talking about here. In 2019, Boris and Niles didn't take a paycheck. Who paid them? What entity paid them? How did they live? How did they buy groceries, gas, food, travel, mortgage? How did they pay their bills? They're not being transparent. There's something that they're hiding, and they have sent their attorney to tell their lie that there is no other entity associated, no other for-profit entity affiliated with St. Michael's Media. That is a lie. We know it's a lie. It's been proven that it's a lie. So can you just tell the truth? That's, that's all we want. At this point, ladies and gentlemen, we just want them to tell the truth. Come clean with your dark money. How much has Concept made in the last 10 years? How much has it spent? How much has it financed and bankrolled? Did Concept pay for the travel to Baltimore? Did Concept pay for the lawsuit in Baltimore? Did Concept receive money from your various friends around the country? Did Concept receive any money directly from anybody? Did Concept receive any money from St. Michael's Media? Did anybody give money to St. Michael's Media, take the tax write-off, and then St. Michael's turns around and gives the money to Concept? 
And if that's the case, does the IRS know about that? These are, these are very serious questions. They ought to be easy questions to answer. If you even ask these questions, which I did on Twitter in November, they'll bring a bogus performative action against you. And by the way, why do the people that work there all look like they're 19? Well, we, know, we now know the answer because they're still on their parents' health care because Church Militant offers no benefits because their average salary that they pay is $30,000 because this is an apostolate. You're doing this for God. So you can only convince 19-year-olds to do that for so long. That's why you have the man with the face of a 60-year-old, the hairdo of a 20-year-old, sitting around a table with a bunch of 19-year-olds. It looks ridiculous. Everyone can see it but them. And I'm sorry that you've had to endure this stream, but I would be very honored if you could share this stream with people because we need to figure out what's concept, what's going on with their money, how much dark money is slushing around Church Militant and Michael Voris. These are very easy questions to answer, Voris. So why don't you get to it? Get cracking on it, buddy. Send us an answer. And if you can't send me an answer, I'm going to get the answers because that's how this is going to go down. So you can either continue to try to lie and I will expose it or you can come clean. What is double trouble? Why did you copyright it? What is your relationship with John Mola? What is concept? Everything hinges around concept. You're desperate to hide it, and I'm desperate to find it. We'll see who wins. (laughs) 